Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Well, this is graduation weekend at Purdue. For those of us who have seen a few graduating classes go through, this one is unlike any other. It will go down in history as the year that everything was turned upside down. Graduating from college is a big change in itself. But add unto that what our entire globe is going through right now. This will be a graduating, graduation season that will be remembered for a long time to come. Our prayers are with all of our graduates as they leave their time here at Purdue in these challenging times that are uncertain for all of us. Today's gospel, it will give us some encouragement during these times. In our gospel lesson, Jesus is teaching the 12 disciples some key things right before their whole world turned upside down. In less than a day, Jesus, who had just washed their feet and had given them the Lord's Supper, would be so beaten and marred beyond human semblance that he would not be recognizable. He would then be hung on a cross. He would breathe his last breath. And he would be laid in a tomb in less than 24 hours from the time that he spoke these words in our gospel to the disciples. The disciples' lives were, from a human perspective, about to be destroyed. And yet, at the beginning of the week, the disciples thought that their lives were going from one victory unto the next. Things couldn't have been better. Perhaps some of our graduates can relate to the roller coaster of emotions that the disciples are going through. But Jesus knew what was going to happen. And here in our gospel, we see Jesus continuing to share some very important things with his disciples that would stick with them for the rest of their lives. John is writing these words that Jesus told them at the end of his life. In fact, the things that Jesus shared with the twelve are things that the church continues to hold on to as she feebly struggles on this side of eternity. Now you may, may be thinking, what does our lectionary why does our lectionary take us back to the Passion on this week? On this week when we're celebrating the sixth Sunday of Easter, the sixth Sunday that we rest in the Easter tide, why does this gospel lesson take us back to the Passion? Well, Jesus' resurrection gives us hope for our future resurrection when we will be with him in heaven. 
But we are obviously not in heaven yet. We, at this present time, are carrying our crosses, following our Savior. We are laying down our lives for the sake of others, as Jesus first laid down his life for us. And just as the devil, the world, and everyone's sinful nature sought to get rid of Jesus in the flesh, those same enemies are striving to get rid of the church, the church who is the bride, who is the body of Christ. But even as the world opposes her, the church is still calling people to the love of God in Christ Jesus. The church calls people to the one who laid down his life so that sinners like all of us in this room and all of those watching can be saved. The church lives on this side of eternity so that individuals can be saved and brought to everlasting life. In other words, the church carries the message that God still loves the world and he is still seeking and saving the world through his son. So we are living in a reality, in the reality of the resurrection, but the gospel today, even though it was spoken during the passion of Jesus, it speaks of the church's reality after the resurrection, after the ascension into heaven, and the sending of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. The Holy Spirit dwells with the church, both individually and collectively as a whole, as she follows her head, Jesus, to everlasting life. In today's gospel, Jesus lets the disciples know that when, Jesus, when he left her sight, he did not leave her alone. He was sending us a helper, an advocate, a counselor, and a comforter. Jesus would be sending the disciples and the church the Holy Spirit. This is important for, for us to remember in these uncertain times that no matter how bad things get, we are not alone. Our Lord tells us so. Jesus said to the twelve, and I'm going to reread this in, in, in its whole, with now with that understanding that you, you just heard. Jesus said to the twelve, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. He dwells with you. He will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. 
Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest, that is, make known myself to him. Now in this brief exhortation from our Lord's teaching to the apostles, Jesus is telling them about the coming of the Holy Spirit that we will be celebrating in a couple weeks at Pentecost. He says to them, I will ask the Father and he will give you another parakleton. That's the paraclete in the Greek. And the word paraclete used by Jesus to describe the Holy Spirit's work, it means several things. And I want to list these things to you. It means advocate. Jesus is sending us an advocate. The word means intercessor. The Holy Spirit is indeed an advocate for each and every believer and the church as a whole who helps us in our weakness when we do not know what to pray. He himself, as St. Paul writes, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And the word that Jesus uses, uses to describe the Holy Spirit, it's also translated, that word also means comforter, helper. At the center of God, the Holy Spirit's work for the church is always Jesus. The Holy Spirit helps us, helps us to see Jesus in this lost and forsaken world. It is hard to see him right now. If we're honest, doesn't it seem like things are going very difficult? It seems rough. The Holy Spirit comforts us with the knowledge that Christ is still with us. He is still giving us the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. When we feel abandoned and alone, and we do sometimes, the Holy Spirit shows us that we still have a loving God who sent His Son not to condemn us or to say, see, you deserve this, but to say, have no fear. I forgive you all of your sin. The Holy Spirit helps us to see the work of God through the lens of Jesus' cross. Only the eyes of faith can see the cross of Jesus as something good. And for those who have the Spirit, the cross, it is life for the sinner. The cross is the Holy Spirit lets us see the cross is God's love for us. The cross, which the world sees as a place of death, for those who have the Holy Spirit, it becomes a place where the life of God was given 
that sinners may have life in his name. Now let's step back and take another look at the setting in which Jesus is speaking these words. In a couple of hours, from the eyes of the world, it would look like Jesus was being arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. It would look like Jesus it would, was being beaten and bloodied against his will. In Jesus' death, it would look like all hope was lost, and it would appear as though the disciples were left as orphans. But the Holy Spirit would later point out to John that Jesus' life was not being taken from him. No, quite the opposite. Jesus, in love, was willingly laying down his life for the disciples and the entire world. In his love for his Father and his great love for every sinner that ever breathed, the Holy Spirit would show the disciples who thought they were witnessing evil's victory, he would show them that Jesus was actually pursuing in passion the church's salvation. He was laying his life down so that we would have life. The spirit of truth lets us see Jesus' mind, his heart, his great love for the Father and His great love for you and I. The Spirit helps us to see Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life working on our behalf. Now, if we're not careful, we could miss a key component to this brief message from Jesus. It's worth noting because twice, at the beginning of this section and at the end of this section, Jesus refers to the law. Quite specifically, the Ten Commandments, the moral law. He begins by saying, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And Jesus ends by saying, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest or make myself known to him. Now this does not mean that only people without sin love Jesus. Because that would, that would only be just a few, very few of us in this room. There would be none of us. <laughs> Quite the opposite. In this world, full of sin, full of sin and darkness, the law shows us how things are supposed to be, not how things are. It shows us how we are to put each other and God first. 
Romans 13 calls the law love. And it calls love the law. Every one of us in this room and watching on the live stream can agree that the law shows us love, but it shows us everything that we are not. It shows us how sinful and selfish we are and how, how far short we fall from where love is. The law condemns us. And it does show us that we deserve, as we confessed at the beginning of this service, that we deserve punishment here and for all eternity. But the beautiful thing is, the scripture tells us that the law also shows us Jesus. The law also shows us Jesus. In Matthew 5, Jesus, like a true Savior, I was picturing like a superhero coming in to save the day. The law shows us just how big our Savior actually is. Matthew 5, Jesus says, I have come to fulfill the law. He saved us who have fallen short from the laws, from love's height. And he has come down. Jesus has come down to where we have fallen. And we see we are not alone. Even us who have fallen short of love, even love has reached down to us. He has not come to condemn us. The law condemns. But Jesus, who has fulfilled the law, comes to take away that condemnation. By his, by his love, he sets us free. Not to perform for love, not to perform for God, not to look loving. He sets us free to love, to forgive as we've been forgiven. To love our neighbor as ourself. John would later say that perfect love drives out fear. And the one who holds on to Jesus' law, guess what? That person is forgiven much. You want to see a great story about that? Read in Luke chapter 7 about the woman who was forgiven much. The person who is forgiven much loves much. That means the, they see the law as a beautiful thing because the one who kept the law on their behalf set them free to do it, to truly love. And the love that Jesus gives us, it takes away the fear of punishment. And it puts the joy of eternal life in fear's place. In a world turned upside down, in a world full of uncertainty, 
These words of Jesus that we pondered today bring us comfort. This word reminds the disciples. It reminded the disciples that they were not alone even when they truly felt abandoned and alone. They were not left as orphans. Indeed, through Jesus' work, they were made sons of God in their baptism. And like the disciples, whether we are graduating or not, our current future, we can all agree, is still filled with much uncertainty. But we are not alone. God has not left us as orphans. No, His Holy Spirit shows us that our risen Lord is with us even in this valley. And He says, take my body, take my blood into your body and know that you are not alone. In your baptism, I washed your sin. I washed away your sin, your hate, your faithlessness, and your death. I replaced them with my life, my love, and I made you sons of God. And Jesus says, so now my father is your father. And even though we don't see the end of what we're going through, we don't see how things are going to go, we take comfort in the fact that the one who carried our cross for us is with us, and we know he is leading us home. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.